Welcome to Romance After Dark, where love takes center stage, and we're your one-stop shop for all the romance feels. Get ready to swoon, laugh, and cry as we dive into the world of all things romance. On each episode, we'll plunge into the vibrant and fantastic world of author Ashlyn Lane. From her award-winning progeny series to the rocker romance series, Alterity. Unwrap your favorite romance movies, dissecting the good, the bad, and the downright swoon-worthy. Relive the most romantic moments and shocking plot twists from your favorite romance TV shows, offering spoilers and juicy commentary. Whether you're a die-hard romantic or a casual observer, we guarantee you'll find something to love on Romance After Dark. So grab your favorite beverage, cuddle up with a blanket, and get ready to fall in love with us. Episode 2 Contemplation The lull in customers sent Shauna's mind into a tailspin. Her thoughts wandered most of the time over inconsequential things that alluded to undiagnosed ADD. Today, her thoughts centered on her imperfect childhood. Coming from a long line of Catholic parishioners, she and her sister Katie had half-heartedly attended Mass. Father always told them, if you live in my home, you will worship God. Catholic school was also a part of growing up as a McCutcheon. Shauna had hated it. She'd done things that landed her in trouble, just despite her parents for exposing her to such torture. Sister Mary Margaret was the worst of the teachers. Excessively critical and strict, she'd used any deviation from her instructions as an excuse to give Shauna a good whack with the ruler. Shauna's absence at home was difficult for her sister but Katie's bubbly personality somehow masked the pain festering inside. The pair was close, mostly from a shared hatred of their upbringing, though Katie had embraced Christianity more readily. Now that she was on her own, Shauna accepted her flawed rearing and deemed herself a free spirit, believing nature ruled the world and that she was a beacon lighting the universe. Her less forgiving parents considered Shauna public enemy number one. Because of this hard consideration, Katie lied to spend time with her. This weekend's cover was her friend Lisa McConnell. Katie McCutcheon was nosy, obnoxious, and overly focused on the hotness of random dudes. All of that said, she was still her little sister, and Shauna loved her dearly. Once again, their parents had overstepped their bounds. Shauna understood parents wanting their children to be enlightened. She could even stretch her mind to understand the need for conformity, but she couldn't fathom the things they did in the name of God. The sassier of the two sisters, Shauna was rebellious. Most of her childhood mornings began with prayer in a three-by-three-foot closet for refusing to obey. After being told hundreds of times that she'd burn in hell for crossing what she considered to be arbitrary lines, Shauna started to believe it. Was it child abuse? She didn't know. Not that it mattered now that she was an adult on her own. Katie recently informed her that she was being pushed to join the convent to become a nun. Just when she thought her parents had reached the bottom, they did something that further proved their religious neuroses. A hunk of gorgeous guy approached the bar, snapping Shauna out of her reflective reverie. Perking up, she smiled, shoving her cleavage out and batting fake lashes. What can I get for you? He gave her an appreciative glance, 
returning her smile with one that was unbelievably stunning. You can relax. I'm not a patron. I'm Ash's brother, Quinn. Little brother sent me out to finish your training. Shauna gave him a thorough once-over. He was tall like his siblings, but with a thicker, more muscular build in the chest and arms. Quinn's massive form reminded her of bodybuilders on TV. Sexy. The blonde locks were different, but his eyes were the same alarming shade of ice blue. What is it with those cool neon eyes? Their eyes were the exact same color, but Asher's were different somehow. Ambiguous warmth glowed from their beautiful depths. She'd noticed it earlier when he'd attempted to smile. Quinn was just as gorgeous, but in a way that frightened Shauna. Of the three brothers, Asher and Gabe looked most alike. Facial hair, height, and hair length the only things differentiating the two. There was still something about Asher. The image of his face flipped somersaults inside her head. What was it about him? Plenty of guys had dark hair and blue eyes, but not that color blue. He was a jerk, but there was something else there, too. The touch of his hand was foreign, like a feather gliding across her skin, the contact pleasingly electric. The sensation from his fingertips had jolted straight through her body. His eyes spoke to her, questioned her, radiating countless emotions directly into her core. Just thinking of him affected her, made her stomach flip, her pulse race, her mind wander over naughty thoughts. She knew she shouldn't obsess over him, especially when he seemed so indifferent toward her. But Shauna couldn't help it. She wanted to see him again. Quinn smirked and cleared his throat. Sorry. Shauna's gaze drifted across the room. Ashamed, she avoided Quinn's inquisitive stare while steadying herself into a more casual stance against the bar. The last thing she needed was to fall flat on her face. What happened to the other guy? She opted to forego the use of his name in the hopes of sounding detached. Asher isn't feeling well tonight. I don't need help now, Shauna snapped, sounding as crabby as she felt. Quinn was only trying to help and wasn't deserving of her ill temper. I'm really sorry for being rude. Are you sure you don't need me to show you anything? No, this isn't my first bartending job. I've had several. You like job hopping? No. She gave him what she knew was an awkward stare. He was nosy, so unlike Asher. I'm a college student. My class schedule often conflicts with my work schedule. Ash is a student at Birchmont. Where do you go? I go to Birchmont, too. I'm surprised the two of you haven't run into one another around campus. Ash is a psychology major. What about you? I'm undecided but leaning toward supernatural and paranormal studies. Quinn's expression puzzled. You want to chase ghosts? I've always had a fascination with the weird and taboo. If society ran from it, I'd flock to it with open arms. Now that's fucking badass. I thought my parents might have me exercised as a young child. They sound religious. Shauna paused, realizing that she'd just plunged into a sticky subject. Religion wasn't something she openly discussed with strangers, but she'd started it, and he'd accepted the invitation. 
Quinn did seem genuinely interested in her. That's an understatement. They're beyond religious. That doesn't suit you. It was a statement more than it was a question. I think most people make their own hell right here on Earth. So you don't believe in an afterlife? Hesitating, she completely shut down. She'd bared enough of her soul for one night. I know I started the conversation, and that you're only trying to be polite, but this is making me uncomfortable. Asher sat in his office with his eyes closed, listening in on their conversation, via Quinn's thoughts. His brother was prying into Shauna's past for his benefit. He concentrated, sharpening his ability to channel deeper into her subconscious. The way Shauna's brain worked was curious, because the abundant chatter was trivial and petty. Yet, she mulled over and pondered it as if it were rocket science. Her filter was strong, stronger than most. The majority of the thoughts never made it to her mouth. She was more of a thinker than a talker. His thirst muted, Asher made his way up the back stairs to the gathering spot. The urges were still there, so it was better to avoid Shauna until he fed. He thought about his eavesdropping session. Shauna effortlessly shifted her mind. A tiny block of memories existed in a place Quinn couldn't access, but Asher was sure that, with time, he'd decipher every detail of her life story. Images of his own face raced through the new employee's mind, but another appeared just as often. Katie. She worried about her younger sister and loved her more than life. Asher admired her loyalty, loving nature, and honesty. He'd lifted this conclusion from Gabe's mind earlier. Quinn was right. Gabe had channeled Shauna's trip to Rousseau's, only stopping when she'd arrived. Looking at her through the confines of Gabe's mind, Asher saw the attraction he held for her. Big Brother adored Shauna as much as a man married ten years. Yet, he hardly knew her. That wasn't Gabe's style at all. How was that even possible? The gathering spot was an enormous space on the second floor that they used exclusively for feeding purposes. Several women sat in wooden chairs lined around the edges of the room. Painted in a soft gray, calming piano music played over concealed speakers within the walls. The middle of the room housed several private chambers for the women's enlightenment, a less sinister description for the act of hypnosis. Gabe administered the subtle mind-washing that created the distant gaze in their eyes. He usually flashed the guests a small subliminal to calm them when they arrived. Once taken upstairs, the women got a more thorough convincing. No woman in complete control of her faculties would ever allow a vampire to bleed her life's blood. They were willing, but only because the fear was wiped from their brains. Enlightenment allowed more primitive and carnal desires to emerge. The human mind was capable of amazing feats with inhibition and anxiety removed. Gabriel Rousseau was a pro at it. Using his hypnotic eyes and the lush silkiness of his voice, he planted suggestions deep into their subconscious, rendering the women submissive to more hidden desires. The girls are coming soon. Are you ready? Seemingly excited, Gabe rocked on his heels, his tone infinitely patient. Asher gave him a look of uncertainty. I guess so. I know it's difficult, but it's a part of who you are. You'd think I'd be used to it after 80 years. Does it ever get easier? Not easier, 
so much is manageable. I never had the guilt that you do. I was only impatient. You've done well, young one. You've never so much as spilled a drop or killed anyone. You've killed some of them? Unfortunately, I have. I wasn't a very composed newborn. My thirst was such that I was dangerous. Father secluded me several times in my first five years. Unlike you, I wasn't genetically engineered with human sensibilities. Asher couldn't imagine Gabe ever requiring seclusion. But you're so in control. That's just a product of many years of practice. You're the most controlled of all of us. We concluded it was because of your sensitive human nature. It doesn't matter, though. I'm very proud of you, Asher. Asher frowned, knowing Big Brother wouldn't be proud of the way he'd reacted to Shauna. What was that face about? Gabe peered closely at him, raising one dark brow. Nothing. Are you sure? It's been a tough night. You should be happy. A birthday is something to celebrate, not dread. Summon our brothers. You'll feel better once you feed. Asher sent subliminals to Quinn, Tristan, and Carlos, the only human at Rousseau's that knew exactly what they were. Loyal and trustworthy, he'd been with them for thirty years. Gabe never needed to wipe his brain clean. It was Carlos's job to guard the staircase on feeding nights. Quinn and Tristan hurried into the scarcely lit room. The young women soon followed, lining up to give the brothers a closer look. Asher inhaled deeply, tasting the women's essences with his powerful senses. None of them smelled like Shauna, but one was unbelievably close. She was ordinary, brown-haired, short, slightly built, and a vegetarian virgin. The brothers walked the aisle, sniffing, tasting the air with their tongues and channeling the women's minds. The birthday boy has first choice tonight. Gabe chuckled. Which one do you want? Asher shifted his stare toward the vegetarian virgin. As you wish. Gabe led the young woman to the prepping area. A short while later, she returned in a more subdued demeanor. Asher walked the young woman down the red corridor, stopping at room two. She stumbled over to the bed. Unlike Shauna, she was a drinker, drunk on cheap domestic beer. Under ordinary circumstances, he avoided the drinkers. Tonight, he was too thirsty to be choosy. Besides, her virginity nearly masked a love of stale brew. In an attempt at making small talk, Asher asked, What is your name? Natalie. It's nice to meet you, Natalie. I don't suppose you brought me back here to talk. She was direct in a way that he appreciated. I don't suppose I did. Let's get on with it, then. Natalie traced an imaginary line, with her hand, from his forehead to his chin. Asher flinched. Her skin was incredibly soft. Her wrist trailed across his nose, giving him a heavy dose of her essence. The saliva increased in his aching mouth and he turned away. She wouldn't remember this, but Asher still had issues with the red-eyed demon who lived inside of him and craved human blood. His fangs broke the gums, causing the heart to thud in his chest. Every inch of his body pulsed and vibrated with craving. The desperate hunger for the satiation of blood. An unspoken yearning for Shauna's mortal body. 
He shuddered as Natalie's tiny hand glided along his back, the gesture far too intimate for his liking. He would not have sex with her. Besides it being deplorable, it could mean her death. Time to put a stop to this insanity. Twisting around, Asher flung her against the bed. Her head dropped back, exposing the tempting thump of her carotid. The perfume of her blood filled his nostrils, wiping his mind clear of any thought but his insatiable thirst. Hoping to alleviate her pain, he brushed her neck, sweeping her carotid with the tip of his tongue. Tongue sweeping was an intimate and sexual act, but he used it as a way of being humane. The enzymes in vampire saliva broke down blood proteins, increased blood flow, healed wounds, and had the capability of relaxing humans. Natalie wiggled, and then exhaled a heavy breath. Asher's eyes rolled, his vision blurring with the crimson markings of his thirst. He sighed with relief when she fainted. It was easier to concentrate when they passed out. The unconscious never expected sex, nor talked incessantly or squirmed about making it harder to disengage fangs that were difficult enough to maneuver. Carefully, he sank his fangs into her neck. The large artery thudded, gushing its sweet liquid. The flow was too heavy. Her drunken state complicated things. He gulped at the stream surging down his throat, the offering flooding his body with new strength. Natalie's carotid gave a warning thud, his cue to stop. If he went too far past the second thump, he ran the risk of killing her. Asher fought against instinct to retract his fangs. A quick brush of his tongue sealed the puncture marks, the enzymes in his saliva closing her wounds. They never let them leave before the physical proof disappeared. Courses number two and three were both older women with salt and pepper hair. With his thirst satiated, he anxiously made his way back down to the bar. The smoky room buzzed with the activity of dancing couples and the raucous laughter of a friendly game of pool underway in the back. Asher glanced toward the bar and found Shauna sitting on a stool, her legs crossed at the ankles, boredom pasted on her face. He channeled her mind, wondering what she was thinking. Unfortunately, she was blocking, but her smile conveyed happiness to see him. Deep dimples dented her cheeks when she asked, Can I get you something? I'm not drinking tonight. I came to see how things were going with you. I'm doing great. I've got five hundred in tips so far. She jingled the clear jar next to her. Quite impressive. His mouth turned up into a smile, without his permission. Are you feeling better? Yes, much better. Thanks for asking. Asher walked behind the counter, grabbing a bar towel and sponge to wipe down the surfaces. Shauna joined him. Concentration was impossible when confronted with her sexy choice of clothing. Though he was half vampire, he was also 100% male, and the sight of her stirred him. Her outfit was provocative, bordering on slutty. A black button-down shirt with three buttons unfastened to expose smooth, caramel-coated cleavage encased in a delicate black bra. A mid-thigh-length black skirt flaunted her curvaceous hips, shapely legs, and a perfectly round ass. A pair of black wedge-heeled shoes completed the entrancing ensemble. Black was definitely her color, as it accentuated her complexion beautifully. He was certain that the tips she'd earned were a direct reflection of her outfit, 
and overall attractiveness, rather than any ability to serve. I can do that, Shauna attempted a grab at the sponge. It is, after all, my job. You're taking a much-needed break. At least that's what we'll tell Gabe if he asks. Asher listened to the obnoxious chatter in her mind. She wondered if his pale skin was the result of some blood-clotting disease. She found him attractive. Narrowing his gaze, he silently questioned her until a blush materialized on her face. Are you okay? Sure. Asher ceased wiping down the bar, continuing his assessing stare. Shauna seemed nervous when she said, You were a little testy earlier. Did I do something wrong? No. It's not you. Asher was surprised that she'd automatically assumed responsibility for his ill temper. It's my birthday and I'm not really into it. Well, happy birthday. How old are you? She gushed with more enthusiasm than he thought necessary. Asher's reality crashed through as he imagined Shauna's reaction if he said 87. I'm 22. Plus 65. That's a good thing. Birthdays are supposed to be fun. I love them. They were one of the few times in my childhood that I actually like to remember. She raised one perfectly arched brow. Quinn said you go to Birchmont, too. I do. I'm a third-year psych major. What about you? He asked this as if he didn't already know. This was the ridiculous part of his gift. Since he was not supposed to know anything he channeled, Asher often found himself asking what he already knew. Somehow, he didn't mind it. He was enjoying their conversation. I'm undecided, but supernatural and paranormal studies are what I'm leaning toward. What? Like ghosts and entities? It's weird, right? It's pretty random, but I wouldn't say weird. If you want to study the paranormal, I have some things to show you that you won't believe. I've been fascinated with the occult since I was a child. I did book reports on the Salem witch trials every year until the 10th grade. You can't imagine the sisters' faces when they read them. I'm sure they branded me the Spawn of Satan. The students even called me Witch Girl. Unfortunately, my grotesque mind holds rather macabre knowledge. Asher reached to hand her the sponge, and Shauna's essence wafted past his nose. Instead of panicking, he took a subtle breath to let the intoxicating scent fill his nose. Closing his eyes, he allowed the aroma to overtake him for the briefest of seconds. The sponge slipped from his fingertips and dropped to the wood floor, throwing him from the pleasure of her unique perfume. When he knelt to retrieve it, their heads bumped, sending both of them tumbling to the floor. His eyesight blurred, then doubled. Her lips moved, but he could only make out the thudding of her heart inside his head. Encircling her wrist with his fingers, he registered the thumping of her pulse. Her thoughts flooded his mind, crashing over him like a mental tidal wave. His stance faltering, Asher attempted to right himself, but stumbled down again. You okay? Shauna lifted his head, placing it in her lap. You took quite a spill. Maybe you should stay put for a second. Asher gazed up at her with what he knew was a goofy grin. Seeing her eyes so close was alarming. 
He startled, realizing she'd asked him a question. He then replayed the previous moment in his mind, like a tape recorder rewinding, until he came to the question he needed to answer. I'm fine. I'm just a little dizzy. Not only was she a mind shifter, but she was also a screamer, a human with abnormally loud thoughts. Their piercing chatter rendered a vampire dazed. Asher attempted to right himself against the bar, but Shauna pulled him back into her lap. Skimming her hand along the side of his face, her touch stirred his somnolent soul. He'd sleepwalked through most of his life, always wishing for more and wanting things he knew weren't possible. Her presence was a jolt to his inert heart. This was wrong, by all accounts, but he didn't stop her. He leaned his face into the comforting warmth of her hand. For a brief moment, he thought of the possibilities. Asher wanted to be close to her, wanted her touch, and so much more. Shauna's dark eyes penetrated him, quaking his quivering being. He barely knew her, yet he had an overwhelming urge to kiss her. He knew it was inappropriate. Asher also knew they shouldn't be that close. Staggering to his feet, Asher put distance between them before she could touch him again. This was impossible. Shauna was human, and he was a half-blooded vampire. She didn't know what he was and would never accept him if she knew the truth. Instantly, he despised himself, realizing that it didn't matter what he thought, felt, or wanted. The writing was on the wall in bright red lettering in case he doubted it. He was engaged to Seal, even though he wasn't in love. Asher wanted someone he couldn't have. Someone right for him. The situation seemed hopeless because, as always, he wanted more than would ever be possible. I don't think that sort of thing is appropriate for us to be doing. We mustn't blur the lines of our working relationship. His tone mimicked the stern chastisement of a father reprimanding a naughty child. Blur the working relationship? Really, Asher? You've had almost a century to pick up a better excuse for not getting close to someone like her. You idiot. You're right. I'm not sure what that was. But it can't happen again. You're my boss. I'm not your boss, Shauna. But it still isn't a good idea. He glanced away from her, knowing that his statement was a half-truth. Asher was one-third owner of the parent company that owned Rousseau's, so he was as much her boss as Gabe or his father. Never having the desire to supervise employees, he was content to work behind the scenes and let Gabe act as sole manager. It's closing time. You can leave and I'll finish up here. Are you sure? I don't want to get into trouble with Gabe. I'm giving you permission to leave. Run along now. Shauna threw her apron off and disappeared to the back room. Five minutes later, she reappeared, grabbing her tip jar and waving as she rushed out the door. Asher breathed a sigh of relief. His thirst was under control, but a different type of hunger now plagued him. He didn't want it to be true, but couldn't deny the feeling that something had passed between them.